Hello everybody, welcome to Classic Grads. Yes, I am back with another episode of Classic Grads, a podcast for young professionals by a young professional. So in this episode, I mentioned in the previous episode where I was talking about you guys getting a passport. I hope you have applied and your passport is coming very soon. I mentioned that since a lot of young professionals are going to be starting with their training contracts or grade programs, I wanted to share something. Obviously, on this podcast, I am sharing my corporate experiences, right? So in this episode, I will be talking about the different documents that you are required to sign or the different options that you are given and the decisions that you are supposed to make. In terms of who I'm a medical aide, the pension fund, you know, there's different things. But particularly this time, I just want to share my experience with the medical aid and the pension fund. And like I mentioned the last time, I am in the process of rectifying oh, a mistake that I made back in 2015. I rectified part of it last year and i'll also share this episode so yeah please listen to the end so just a young disclaimer this is not financial advice i'm not giving anyone financial advice i am just sharing my experiences and obviously when you are going to be signing those forms they will have someone who is who is a certified financial advisor or a certified financial planner and registered with the fsca who is qualified to give the advice so guys as mentioned in my intro let me first start with obviously when you are excited you're signing a contract and then sometimes you have an induction for like a week as part of the induction week you will get people from the medical aid scheme that the company uses you come you sign documents sometimes you don't even know What's the plan? Sometimes they explain, sometimes they don't. In my experience, they explained, but it didn't make sense. So in the first year of my grad program, I took the comprehensive plan. And then in the second, I was like, whoa, this comprehensive is so expensive. Other grads took the cheaper plan. And they then realized that, oh, it was a bad decision. So the decision that I took was comprehensive. It covers me for everything hospital, different doctors, I don't have to go and get permission or I don't have to use a network of doctors. But it was so expensive. And the main thing was that the comprehensive plan had a savings option. So with the savings option, certain things can actually be paid out of the savings option. But yeah, then in the following year, I then sat down and actually looked at these plans. So Basically, what I want to share in terms of this is look at the different plans, the medical aid plans, what it offers. Sometimes you might find that the higher plan and the one before that, there's only a slight difference. Hence, I then decided to go to a plan that is a bit lower than the comprehensive plan. So just read, ask questions about these different plans. What does plan A include that plan b that plan c or d doesn't have and like what does it cover does it cover hospital 
before you actually sign. But what's nice is that every single year, you get a chance to review your plan to see if maybe you need to increase the plan or decrease. But yeah, that is with regards to medical aid. Then the main one that I want to talk about. I remember when we were given forms for the pension fund. I knew what a pension fund is. You know, it's one of the retirement plans that you have. You're saving money from your cost of company, from your salary on a monthly basis, so that when you turn 55 or when you turn 60 or when you're ready for retirement, you can have some bit of saving, right? Which is a very good idea. Everyone really needs to start saving for retirement. So in the pension fund that we have at the company, I kind of knew what a pension fund is, as mentioned, but I didn't really understand the different options. So the first thing that I did, the mistake that I did, which is what I rectified last year. So as part of your pension fund, you are given options of where do you want your money to be invested, right? So that it grows. So what I did, and I remember there was another grad who was a bit more smarter than me and he had more knowledge. So the options that we were given was to whether you want to invest your money in a money market, in a stable or in a high risk equity. I, at that time, I was still a conservative investor and I was like, oh, I don't want to lose my money. And I remember that guy who was also a great saying, no, because you are still young, put the money in the stock market. It will grow, you know. And then I decided that no, I cannot be risky. So I put a portion in the money market and a portion, I think, in some stable whatever. Hi. And then a few years fast forward, I just wanted to see how is this thing performing. And with some of these pension fund providers, you can create a profile on their website or they have an app and you can see, okay, fine, is your pension growing? But luckily, because I started in 2015 and there was this whole collapse, yes, Steinhoff, if I'm not wrong, it was in 2019 or 2018. Yo, imagine had I invested in the equity portion, then a part of my money would be gone, right? But then when I checked after I've registered and I logged on, I was like, huh? But my money is not growing. And then I spoke to my financial advisor and I was like, I know that you don't normally deal with this, but balance me here. I put money every month but the money is not really growing. Like, what's happening? And she said, what is your money invested in? And I said, no, these are the options that I chose, money market and stable something, something. And she was like, yeah, obviously, it's not exposed to high-risk investments. Then, obviously, I started cleaning up my personal finances last year, and I was listening to a lot of podcasts, and they were talking about retirement annuities and where young people should put money during their retirement and a way to put money or like the type of options that you're supposed to select when you are closer to retirement. And then I decided to make a change. 
I've decided to still put in the money market, but a small percentage, I think it's like 10%, and a small percentage in bonds and a huge chunk of the money in equity. And I sometimes check, well, I haven't checked this year, but last time I checked from where it was before I did the change to where it is right now, it's a significant change. Because obviously, if you look at the Osher Index and what the JSE has done in 2020, in 2021, it was amazing. So the money has grown a bit, right? So that was the first mistake that I did was to not really understand the investment options and my risk appetite and what high risk means for a young person taking taking into consideration time, time value of money, the time horizon, right? Then I fixed that last year, right? Then I thought, okay, fine. Then I also decided back in 20, I think 2017, I'm lying, 2016, to also have a separate retirement annuity. Obviously, the, the motivating factor for me was the tax benefit, the deduction, right? And then what I then wanted to do was to do sort of like body monthly debit order on that retirement annuity. And then I was listening to a video on Nicolette Machine's YouTube page. I love her. I love Nicolette's, you know. And she was talking about instead of someone who is a full-time employee having a booster retirement annuity, what if you actually increase your pensionable earnings percentage if you are now only investing maybe 70% of pensionable earnings. What if you take it to the maximum instead of doing those monthly things? And I was like, oh my word, I remember the option that I selected back in 2015. <laughs> and my rationale was very stupid. I said to myself, well, I'm still young and I still want a bit of money in my pocket so I selected the lowest. I think I selected 70%. Oh, I'm so embarrassed to even say it. And then I was like, you know what? Instead of me on the separate retirement annuity fund that I have with another company, instead of me doing these monthly debit orders, because I prefer to actually put like a lump sum and it's invested and then I forget about it. So then I decided to know, let me actually review this thing and see if I can increase my percentage i did my inquiries obviously now i i ask questions i did my inquiries and i found out that i can only do it at certain times of the year so i diarized and i said in 2022 first thing as part of my personal finance goals is to move the percentage from where i have it now and i'll actually do a simulation of the payslip in terms of when it's at 80% and 90%. How is it going to impact me? How is it going to impact my take home? But so that's what I actually wanted to share, guys, in terms of the medical aid review. Understand the different plans before you sign. Luckily, you can review it every year. 
even with the pension fund where you want to invest it i think with the one that we have at work you are allowed to make a change once a year which is free and i did that last year so understand what does it mean when your money is invested in the money market what does money market mean low risk what does stable bonds mean it's also low risk but has a bit of well actually no it's low risk it's conservative and what does it mean when you're putting your money in equities and whether you can separate or put 80 percent in equity 10 percent in money market 10 percent in bonds and understand what does it mean for you as a young person how will it impact your growth how will it impact you when it comes to retirement and whether you can make a switch closer to retirement also what percentage of your pensionable earnings would you like to put in your pension fund i don't know what percentages they use but but i know with us there's 70 80 and 90 and um what does it mean when you've put 90 percent 70 percent when it's time for retirement because remember this is the money for retirement and obviously taking into consideration inflation the erosion of money what you can buy today the hundred rand i can tell you definitely what is costing you hundred rand today it will not cost you hundred rand when you are 55 so what you can afford now you must also be able to afford when you are in retirement so yeah guys that's just what i wanted to share but as mentioned none of the information that i've shared constitutes financial advice i'm just sharing what i learned the mistakes that i made hey, before signing those forms ask 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 questions so yeah all the best to all the new grads that are joining corporate enjoy it learn take every experience as a learning curve and you really need to invest in your personal finance financial literacy because i know with new grads when you get into a new company financial advisors flock to you because you don't know a lot you easily invest in things and then next thing you are locked into things that don't make sense so yeah before anything, ask questions, make sure you understand before you sign, and research, research, research. So yeah, this has been Classic Brads, and I'll be back with another banger episode. Thanks for listening. Please subscribe, please share. Subscribe, Spotify, Google Podcast. Share with your friends, share with someone who has just signed a new contract and they're excited, they're starting a new job. This might come in handy, right? Sharing is caring. Bye, guys.